Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Chewie here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Yes, indeed. If it's a fast ship. Fast ship. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? It's a ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. I've outrun Imperial starships. Not the local bulk cruisers, mind you. I'm talking about the big Karelian ships now. She's fast enough for you, old man. Shortly, he's in the he's on the East Coast and dealing with a weather event. So I am guest producing or recording this part of the podcast. But this is our third anniversary show. So to talk about Star Wars with us, we have Amy Radcliffe, and I want to welcome back uh, Consetta Parker, who was one of the original hosts of the show, who we miss dearly all the time, constantly. Hello. Hello. It's so great to be here with you guys. It's so nice to have you back. I haven't heard your voice in far too long. Group hugs. Group hugs. And glitter bombs. That's the way it goes. This is this is basically how Full of Sith used to be. Yeah. It it hasn't had as much glitter as it needed. Um, I've been slacking on that front. I feel like I've let Consetta down. Uh, <laughs> you could never let me down, Amy. Never. <laughs> glitter so when we started Full of Sith, it was to help count the days down to The Force Awakens. And uh, it was to create a, a safe place for Star Wars fans to talk about all kinds of things. And sometimes things got emotional and sometimes things uh, got overexcited. Uh, we're all easily uh, excitable people. And uh, I wanted to have Consetta to come back on and talk to us about about her Force Awakens experience because that's what we started this whole thing about was for uh, for us to experience that. And I've talked to pretty much everybody whose opinion I care about about how they felt watching The Force Awakens except for Kinsetta. Um, It was, well, and, and this will be emotional. I mean, it's always emotional to talk about Star Wars in, in really good ways. But, um, you know, Brian, you and I have had talked a little bit because it was the past several weeks have actually been emotional on every level from the, like the extreme of pure joy to um, some devastating grief. So my experience was uh, challenging and I don't, there's no, I, I don't know how to even express how it was awesome 
and amazing and then sad and devastating and everything that happened with my seeing the film along with what was happening uh, personally in my life. Well, I think that's the thing about Star Wars, and I think that's the reason I think all of us have connected so well just as people and as friends, not even just on the show but off the show as well, is that Star Wars has always been that thing to help us get through personal things. Um, you know, we we talked a lot, uh, especially in the early days of the podcast, uh, when people were still kind of getting to know us, like how Star Wars was for me the thing that got me through um, all kinds of horrible things through my life, whether that was, you know, Anakin lighting himself on fire or, uh, you know, dealing with an abusive childhood or, or just needing it as, as a tonic. And, and I think Star Wars has always gone hand in hand with what we're feeling personally. Absolutely. Yes. And it's in doing the podcast and in meeting more and more people, discovering that about everybody has been one of the, the joys for me in meeting more people within the Star Wars fan base and community and, and connecting more and making those friendships and understanding that I wasn't alone in that and that it always seemed like, you know, Star Wars has been my constant friend throughout my life, always there. Um, it always seems to tie, you know, a film release or a new story usually always tied in with some type of major event in my life. Um, you know, whether it was just in, inspiring my imagination, and triggering that spark when I was six years old, initially seeing Star Wars, you know, up to the opening of uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith and meeting my husband, Stormtrooper, at Skywalker Ranch. And <laughs> um, But another constant through that for me was, uh, was the relationship I had with, with my family and especially my dad um, in that, you know, both my parents were always so supportive of me and my love and passion for Star Wars and I was so lucky in that because I, I know a lot of people um, like my husband did not have that kind of relationship with his parents and he has loved Star Wars his whole life so he he loved being able to talk about Star Wars with my family and um, my dad was always my hero and then when he took me, you know, when I went with my family to see Star Wars, Han Solo was my hero. And those two men, fictional and and, and really were a huge foundation and, and part of my, have been a huge part of my whole life. And, um, sorry. No, it's okay. Why don't we, why don't we, um. Why don't we talk a little bit about Han Solo and we can get uh we'll we'll dip okay. our, we'll dip our toes into the uh we'll we'll put things off and uh space it out if that if that helps. Um, yes. So, and I feel safe talking with you guys about this so I appreciate that Brian I know that I, you know I, when we initially talked I was like I don't know and I'm like you know this if, if anybody's going to understand what we're going to talk about I know it's you guys and yeah and Wars fans and that it's um it means a great deal to me so i just want to say that before i get all emotional and possibly lose focus <laughs> well we're i i think that's exactly why we're here so so uh thank you thank you um so why don't we start a little bit with han solo and and i i think 
in all the conversations everybody's had or we've had specifically about The Force Awakens, I don't think we've ever really kind of uh, delved into Han Solo as a character like that, um, especially now that we have sort of that that ending to him that we know. And we know we get one more adventure with him, but, uh, you know, Han Solo's not... I mean, he's with us, but he's not exactly with us anymore. It was so much easier to deal with Obi-Wan Kenobi's loss once you realized he could be back. You know, Yoda dying in Return of the Jedi wasn't... It was heartbreaking, but it wasn't as devastating as it could be because you knew he could come back as a Force ghost. And, uh, you know, Han Han doesn't get that. And uh, I don't know. I think he's just such a fascinating character because he went through so many different modes and I'll never forget, like, how awesome it is, uh, him introducing himself. I, I, I think people people forget how egotistical his introduction to Star Wars was. No one gets to point to themselves and say their name as cool as he does in any movie. <laughs> and I was convinced that he was introducing himself to me. Yeah. When I was a, a little girl, <laughs> I, that was like the first time that I felt that somebody on the silver screen was looking directly at me. And that was, it was a life altering moment that was, it still just, yeah, makes me giddy to think about. What about you, Amy? Hansel has a way about him that certainly nobody else in Star Wars has because Lando does have the, the smooth part down and the, charming part down but Han Solo carries it in such a different way like for him it's a natural like this is who he is he doesn't have to put any effort to being as awesome as he is or as roguish or rakish or all of the issues and Lando I feel like some of that swagger is exaggerated like he's kind of putting on a bit of a show and so Han gets to me because he just he just is fantastic and he doesn't care and he knows it but he doesn't rub your face in it at the same time. I know he's brags and stuff, but it's just, he never really comes across as cocky in a bad way to me. He's, you know what right. I, does it's, that make sense? Yeah, it's very genuine. He's, he's just a very genuine character. He's kind of a jerk, though, right? I mean, let's be honest here. Like, through Empire, were you really, like, rooting for him? Or were you kind of like, really, I know that's what you're going to tell her? I thought he was, I, I never, ever, ever had thought oh, he's a jerk. I was just like, I, I want to be friends with him. I, I want to be like him. I, I know that if we met, we'd be friends. And um, I, I, I don't know. I just was very inspired and connected so much with his character. I think in, in like what Amy said, I mean, he was just very, it's who he was. And he did what he believed in, and he had all these elements of um, of a person that I think we all have in, on some level. But to be, I mean, how can you not like him or root for him or want to see more of him? And um, I don't know. I just I well, fell in love with him as a character and person and actor and everything has always, it's just, yeah. It's Han. 
I guess for me, watching him, there was always that worry he was going to take off like he tries to do on Yavin, right? Um, Like, where he's just, he's leaving, and Luke and Leia sort of take their turns trying to convince him to stay a little bit, and uh, not even Chewie can convince him until they're already gone. And uh, there was always that concern that he would just pack up and leave, and that's that's sort of what really interested me in the story that we got but weren't specifically told between Return of the Jedi and between The Force Awakens, in that times got way too tough, and what happened with his son was horrible, and he wouldn't he wasn't able to take it, so he just packed up and left and, and took care of himself, which is the one thing he was good at. That wasn't supposed to kill the conversation. <laughs> you guys were supposed no. to like. Oh, sorry. You guys were supposed to like pick up on that. I that was I thought that was a pretty profound moment to stop on. But no, I get it. I'll keep going. Well, it's uh, again. I think I don't know if it's because Star Wars is well. It is. It's personal for all of us. That did not. Again, I, I never questioned who he was because, um, like, I look at this podcast and working with you guys. And I, and I started with you guys three years ago. And when I left, it was because I had, was having personal issues that were very hard for me to deal with. And I kind of shut down and, and I walked away from things and I struggled for a really long time before I could come back to it. So maybe in that way, like everything that, you know, those, the choices, whatever had happened and what we learned had happened made sense to me because on some level, I, I, you know, I get it. There are things that happen and you, you make decisions and you do what you think is best or you convince yourself is best. And it isn't really until, you know, it, it, it comes to, comes to a head that you face it and have to ultimately you know, take the step forward, leap of faith, and 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 really just take it head on, regardless of what the outcome is going to be, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It does, and I can see Han thinking, what we, you know, based on what we know of him, that I'm sure he feels some level of responsibility of, for what happened with Ben. And it, I can see myself making that decision, like, oh, well, I screwed this up royally. I should just walk away before I make it any worse. I should leave before get like, what could I do to Leia? What, what more can I do to our relationship? So I think it's really relatable that he made that decision. Cause I imagine in a lot of ways, I don't know, you know, we didn't see it and I don't know if we will, but that whatever happened with Ben, it was very much like losing their son. Not, you know, he didn't die, but he maybe did the next, the next thing to that. Uh, so it was a tragedy and a trauma and I don't know how you bounce back from something like that. I, I the arc of Han Solo as capped off by the Force Awakens made him um, one of my like I always loved Han Solo the way I love Star Wars, but he was never my favorite. I've always been much more of a Luke and an Anakin sort of uh, fan, and and we've talked about this where Anakin's story was me struggling to understand how someone could go that evil when it seemed like there was such an inherent goodness in them. 
And Luke's story to me resonated so perfectly and sweetly for me as a kid because I was a kid who I looked at my dad not as a hero but as a villain, as Darth Vader. And the the respect I had for Luke to try to see that inherent goodness in his father even after he'd committed genocide um, was so admirable and touching to me. And then seeing Vader pull that mask off and... Um, redeem himself and show that there was good in him was something I always like yearned for as a kid and being a father myself now I always had those concerns that like am I turning into Darth Vader are they am I failing them and and now Han Solo's story has so much more weight to me and so much more interest to me on that level um because I worry constantly like that's the single biggest worry I had since I started having kids was, am I going to be as horrible as my father was? And every turn it was me trying to make sure that I didn't. And then putting myself in Han's shoes and trying to think I didn't do anything wrong, but this still turned out so poorly when he shouts his name on that catwalk, I lose it every time. Because here's a man who didn't fail his son as much as his son failed him. And how how would that make you feel? And I don't know. I, I really love the themes of fathers and sons as they've uh, moved through each uh, movement of the saga. And, and that made Han Solo, it turned him from, from one of my favorite characters to like one of my favorite favorite characters if that makes sense it does i don't have anything to add to it but yeah i agree you're sometimes you're so smart and profound brian that i feel like i have nothing to say that can compare to it but i think that's a very those are very smart observations and i agree i second that amy yeah very much so sometimes i just listen to brian and with bobby too and i'll be and actually all of you guys and i'll be like oh I am not that articulate or maybe I'm not that profound. I don't have anything <laughs> to add to that. I just like Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so Han Solo is great. The end. Yes. Well, I mean, I love Han Solo. <laughs> how did, how did you guys feel about watching this though? I mean, I did not know what was going to happen going into the movie. I had suspicions that that this might happen, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. Um, I'm curious how it affected both of you the first time. And I, I, Amy, why don't you go first? Because I, I have a suspicion Concetta's might be um, a little bit more detailed. Yes. Um, I Going in, I felt pretty confident Han Solo was going to die because... I mean, the signs pointed to it. He wanted the character, I'm sorry, Harrison Ford wanted the character to die in Return of the Jedi. You know, of anybody that was promoted for of the original trilogy for the film, Han and Chewie were the most prominently featured. Harrison Ford was very happy when he was doing press, and that didn't seem like a normal Harrison Ford thing to me. So, but I didn't know when. I didn't know when it was going to happen until he, the second he said, he yelled Ben's name. I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm not ready. And the first time watching the movie, really, I, you know, I reacted to it, but most of the time going through my head on a constant just loop was, you're watching new Star Wars, 
this is new Star Wars. You, you know, so I didn't quite absorb everything, I feel like, the first time I saw it. but And it was also a press screening, so it was kind of different than seeing it with my friends I, or people I was comfortable like breaking down in front of. I wish we would have recorded that conversation you and I had, because... Uh, Concetta, Amy and I actually got to see press screenings in different states, but at exactly the same time. And we got on the we got on the phone afterwards, and we were just sort of like, uh, "Yeah, our day's uh, conversation was pretty fabulous." It was uh, um, it was rough. <laughs> it was, and you know, specifically that that Han Solo moment, I. I don't know if I cried. Um, I know the first time I saw it, I definitely cried when the the river flew into Ray's hand. But I remember like gasping and putting my hands over my mouth and nose. And the lady next to me, who I think was um, maybe her husband's plus one, she didn't seem like she was super familiar with Star Wars. Which no judgment. What you know what I mean? I don't mean that in a like you're not a Star Wars fan, snobby way. Um, just looked at me very in a very concerned way. <laughs> Um, and then in subsequent viewing, honestly, what gets me before the actual event is the second Ben starts talking about how he's being torn apart. That's what tears me up. Um, almost as much as when Han touches his face before he falls off the catwalk. But the first time was a little like it was denial, even though I was kind of bracing myself for it going in. Um, but it was a hard death. I mean, it was a cruel, uh, I, I, it was a meaningful, I mean, obviously a meaningful death, but it was cruel the way it happens and uh, bitter. I'm like tearing up now just thinking about it, especially the moment where he says, yes, anything. And he grabs that saber. Like, I just lost it. Like, it doesn't matter what his kid is asking that he's asking for it is enough, even if it's his own life. I don't know. I can't get over that. I'm going to go see it again after this, and I can guarantee I'm going to be crying almost as hard as the first time I saw it. I was ugly sobbing in the theater. It was awful. I'm glad no one was around. Well, there's not anything wrong with crying in front of other people. No, there's not. There's not, but but I would have disturbed them during their first screening. Ah. Concetta? <laughs> um, yes, lots of sobbing. And I, I, I'm sure there was, it is still sobbing from people over that. It was, I was incredibly fortunate to find out at the last minute to, I'd be able to attend the premiere in LA for The Force Awakens. And as a fan, and um, I mean, I, I could not even begin to express how joyous and elated that I was. And at first it was simply just to, I say simply, it, it was a huge honor to get in the bleachers and in the stands for the, as part of the fan section for the red carpet. And then literally like the day before, oh, and by the way, I'll also get to go to the premiere. So it was another one of those dream come true moments and was so, happy and was already in LA working with the Rancho Obi-Wan group for a, a huge Star Wars target event. And so I was with, you know, the Rancho Obi-Wan team and, and we were there and, you know, to see Harrison Ford on the red carpet and why it, just the 
whole experience was so overwhelming. And the first thing I did was I called my parents from the red carpet. Um, cause I've always called them. Uh, I called them from Skywalker ranch after I met Garrett, my stormtrooper to tell them that I had just met a stormtrooper. So of course I was going to call my parents and because they understood how important that was. And I spoke to my mom first and she, you know, she was like, star Wars has been such a part of our family. I'm so glad that we get to share this with you. And, and we're so proud of you and excited. And, and then I talked to my dad and, you know, like, dad, you've always, you know, you always took me into town and we, you would help me pick out my star Wars toys and the models and you'd help me put them together. And, he drove truck for years and would be gone for a long time, but would always come back with Star Wars toys for me. And he said, I'm just so proud of you and, and, and you're my baby girl. And, you know, I, I always knew that you would do great things. And I had to tell him that I loved him and they were just like, we're so happy for you. And then we went in and there were three different theaters and we find out that we're in the Dolby Theater which is where JJ and the entire cast and Kathleen Kennedy came out and gave a presentation. And the whole thing was so like an out of body experience of like every fiber in my being was tingling because I was so happy, so overjoyed, so excited. And you get that pure happiness rush again, like you did when you're a kid and the music starts and, you know, I'm just, and I'm, Basically, I'm crying the whole time because, like Amy said, the whole time I'm thinking, it's new Star Wars, it's new Star Wars, it's new Star Wars. And seeing Han Solo make his appearance again and seeing him interact with these new characters, it still felt like being with an old friend again. And the moment that we kind of see the view from the top uh, angle of him walking towards the bridge all of a sudden it washed over me and I don't I I'd thought about it but I think I had completely suppressed it from my brain that we would ever lose Han Solo but in that moment I reached over and I grabbed my husband's hand and he just looked at you know he kind of looked over at me and and my heart just stopped because I was like oh my god what I, and my whole, it's like everything that I had known since I was six years old starts swarming up into my head. Cause I'm like, there's my, one of my heroes, something's going to happen. And when he calls out to Ben and the whole interaction and the moment, the look on his face. And when he falls, it was like, I just lost like one of my best friends and my lifelong hero fell and I started to sob uncontrollably, um, like that really ugly sobbing where I, I thought I was going to have to leave the theater because I could not wrap. It was such a profound moment, um, like you're losing this critical piece of a puzzle of your life, but you understand why it's happening. And... Sam Whitworth was actually like sitting behind me. There were people that I knew that were there and you felt everyone's everyone feel this, this heart wrenching punch. And I knew that I wasn't alone in what I was feeling, but I felt 
um, an isolation uh, emotionally that I don't think I'd ever experienced, if that makes sense. Um, Because as I was processing that, I was started thinking about my dad because my dad has not been well. He's been fighting, had been fighting cancer for a really long time. And I was like, I've had two heroes my whole life and I just lost one. And I knew my father was not well. And um, so the following uh, I called me my folks after to tell them how wonderful the screening was and the whole experience and uh, and then I had learned that there was more um, things were more serious with my dad than we had thought and so the following week I was in Phoenix with my parents. Um, They celebrated their 51st wedding anniversary on December 22nd. Um, My sister and I were there with both of my parents and to tell them about the premiere. And we all talked about Star Wars and the memories of going to see the films together as a family. Uh, and then my dad um, died on December 23rd. So I lost my other hero. And I lost them both in a week. But in a really cosmic way, it made sense to me. Um, Star Wars has always been there for me. And through every good and bad moment... And it's like what I experienced with The Force Awakens prepared me for what was going to happen in my real life. And it all happened at once. And um, it's okay, Consetta. I I think uh, I'm I'm kind of crying too. So you're not alone. It was not at all. It was, um, and I don't know if that, how that must sound, me saying that it just made sense, but it was like. No, I get you know, that. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Star Wars is our friend and it was there again with, you know, that immense happiness of having more Star Wars and feeling everybody be so happy about it countered by the sadness of what happens in the movie and things that happen in real life and it always balanced things out for me in some way and you know I know that like I still I still love and believe in solo and I can feel him and I can feel my dad and I will always love and feel him and I think Star Wars helped me feel that over the years and that because we you know like you said Brian you know Ben Obi-Wan comes back 
we see Yoda again. There is the force. There's always a connection. It's regardless of whether there's a physical body there or not. No one can take that from you. And that has given me a sense of 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 a calm and a peace that I don't know that I would have been able to have found without without Star Wars. Have have you been able to go see the movie again, or have you only seen it at the premiere? Um, I saw it um, a couple days after the premiere, so I I saw it twice. (laughs) But I have not seen it um, since we lost my dad. And I I wanted to go, (laughs) Um, and and obviously I will, but I haven't been able to do that yet. Um, uh, but hope maybe I'm hoping soon do that. No, I, I, uh, it doesn't sound crazy at all. I understand completely. And, and it's weird how Star Wars can somehow sometimes dredge up the same emotions you're trying to escape from. If that makes sense, I know when um, when <laughs> when Anakin had lit himself on fire, and I needed some sort of escape. Uh, it was it was Revenge of the Sith. He kept wanting to watch in the hospital, and it's like this is what you're <laughs> this is what you want like to of all things of all yes. the movies you want to watch. <laughs> this is the one you want to watch. But it was actually um, when Amberly had Valkyrie actually um just just these past few months the kids were very very nervous about it they were terrified like how many stories do they use it as a trope that that you know the mother dies in childbirth yeah and uh including star wars and so amberly went in for her c-section and anakin and scout were very nervous and i'm like well, why don't i put on a movie i've got all the star wars movies on my ipad we can put a movie on and they both unanimously agreed revenge of the sith <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, really? You guys picked the one Star Wars movie where the mother dies in childbirth? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you two? But but that seeing it happen in the movie somehow like helped. Uh-huh. Um Yeah. And and I, I don't want to compare Amberly having a baby to, to your father passing away in any way. Um, because I think they're two totally different things. But for the kids, it was them trying to work out their anxiety about that possibility for their mother. Yeah. And uh, I think Star Wars, all the Star Wars movies have helped in in ways like that Um, for people to get through all kinds of things like, and, and I think that's, that's why there's so much power in them. That's why they're so popular. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's what was another thing that, that actually helped me that first I was like, Oh no, was um, the outpouring of support from friends like that I've had since elementary school and teachers from elementary school privately messaging me um, about Han Solo once they had seen the film, because they knew that I had seen it. And the messages that I got regarding, it was like, oh my gosh, are you okay because of Han Solo? 
not knowing what, you know, that my dad was ill. And then just a few days later, hearing from everybody again, and it was the same, it was like, um, the similarities between the messages that I got from people regarding Han Solo and regarding my father was so moving and, and touching, appreciated and actually really helped me heal. Um, because at first I was like, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. And, And there were some people that didn't know what had happened with my dad and were messaging me about Han Solo, but I didn't know who they were messaging. You know, the, the way they would phrase something, I didn't know which one they were asking me about. Um, and the similarity of that was very surreal. But again, I was like, this, this makes sense in some really, you know, maybe it's just my brain trying to make sense of it, but I'm like, okay, you know, I, I under, I accept, I accept it. And just as you're grateful to have the support of friends and family Star Wars was there for me again. Um, and that, and it, and it makes sense. Like even, even now I'm, it was a month ago, it's only been a month and I feel like so many months have passed. Um, but, but I, I, I know I'll be okay because that's what I always told myself, you know, all growing up when something would happen and I'd look at my star Wars pictures or movie would come out or you put the VHS tape in and like, I'll be okay. It'll be okay. And it, it gives us that support, that extra support that I think we need. And which is why I think it's, it's so important to so many people because you do connect to it on a level that I think we're very fortunate to have and experience. And I'm very great for that. I, um, that's why, you know, I'm, I I told you this then. And, and again, now, you know, this is why, uh, you know, you're full of Sith families always around for that sort of thing. Um, but it was hard. It was hard watching it as an outsider too, trying to say like, trying to check on you. And make sure you were okay. Like I had no <laughs> idea what to say or or what I could say other than you know we're here for you. Um, in the same way, I, I, I hope Star Wars is. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I mean, you guys both. I mean, I would just get these little messages, and it just I would always make my heart smile, and and it was just so appreciated. And you know, because I was like, gosh, you know, again, which we've talked about. You know, I think a recurring theme. Um, from previous conversations as far as, oh, you know, when you were growing up and you were little and I felt very alone in my love of Star Wars. And now as an adult, finding so many new friends and people that share that joy and having that support now is so powerful. I was like, oh, you know, um, all those times you, I felt so alone when I was little and only had my pictures of Han Solo and Chewbacca to look at and talk to. And now I have you guys and, you know, in the good and the bad, and we're all in this together. And 
it's just, I just feel so incredibly fortunate in that. So anybody that would ever question my fandom or saying whatever, I, I don't care. <laughs> I wouldn't change anything because it's who I am and it's part of me. And I feel very blessed and fortunate in that. And even in like the most tragic of, of moments, I still feel blessed and fortunate in that. Um, Do you want to talk about something a little lighter? Yes. Which, how how are things at Rancho Obi Wan? <laughs> They're awesome. You guys, you guys have to come back. I know. I want to come back so bad. Are you? Um, and maybe you can't say this, but uh, um, do you know if you and or Rancho or Steve or whoever is going to be making it out to celebration in London? I don't know if I can say anything. Yet. Do you think <laughs> you might be there? Me? Yeah. I I can say with about 99.9% certainty that I will not be there. Is that just because of all the flights involved? Yes. I wondered, Unf- yeah. Un- That's unfortunately. A lot of timing. Yeah, and I still don't this is horrible. I I still don't have a passport. There's my I I need to I need to use the force and find some inner strength and actually apply for a passport. But as of right now, I do not have one. Um, I've considered going to London, but right now, um, I mean, obviously there's a lot, a lot going on and I've had to rearrange some things. Um, but, but no, as of right now, no. So I will live vicariously through everybody's tweets and messages and all. Well, I know Amy and I will be there, so we will definitely tweet and message the Dickens out of you. That would be awesome. Yay! But, uh, well, no, that's, I was thinking maybe that might be the next time we'd see you, but you're around. We'll just have to figure out a a Rancho Obi-Wan trip. Um, I actually need to work on that. Like, now that I'm back, I'm only, what, six hours away, so I need to to get on that and come up and and visit or sort through or sort through boxes or whatever. Well, you know, we have this, we've, I, I, I think I sent you pictures of the, our new spare bedroom now. So there's like a whole new place, the expansion that, that you could like, um, four windows that look out into squirrel village. You can stay what? here. Then we can drive up to Rancho. Yes. Okay. I really <laughs> want to plan that. I need a weekend away, especially after I finish. I've been doing intense adulting because I'm moving. So I am going oh. to need a mental, and literal vacation, all the vacations yeah. on every front soon. And who can uh, have a better vacation than hanging out with Concetta and Steve? And exactly. Anne and everyone else there. And Squirrel Village. Concetta's house, house is like going to a spa. It's so relaxing. It's like Disneyland <laughs> for squirrels. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and all the other woodland creatures. It's, yeah, it's expanded quite a bit. All are welcome. Yay. They they do still have that Ewok village, right? Yes. Okay. Well, there's new, um, there are certain things that now, you know, since we've been getting, depending on the weather is, is what's available, you know, but the, the bar and the log cabin, the firehouse, uh, those are always open. Of course, breakfast, lunch, and dinner are always served. So 
regardless of the weather, rain or shine. I love it. They I love a- it. Those are the happiest squirrels in the world. <laughs> um, but uh, is there anything new going on at Rancho that uh, that people should should know about? Or it's just like same old awesome stuff. Right. So, well, yeah, it is, it is always awesome. We are um, going to be at the, the first ever first annual Silicon Valley comic con um, here in San Jose in March, which is pretty exciting. Details are forthcoming, but we will actually have items and things um, from the museum, have our, our own little, own little booth. So, and I have a feeling that Silicon Valley Comic Con will become quite the fetching place. I mean, the 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 talent lineup and everything is amazing, and and Rancho will be there, and then and it's right before it's the weekend before WonderCon. Well, and I would say that's the first non Star Wars celebration convention you that Rancho has done, correct? Um, of this caliber magnet as far as what we're go- what we're planning on doing yes we've um we have made appearances at some um other lo- local conventions but just usually small just with like pamphlets and information about the museum not actually bringing bringing stuff. some of the uh some of the stuff yes um, that's very cool and uh how 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 crazy has the collection gotten with all the new Force Awakens stuff? Is Steve just uh, gone crazy? You know, I'm 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 pretty proud of him, in that not as crazy as I think Anne and I were preparing for. Although a lot of that had to do with the fact that honestly, he did not have time to shop. None of us had time to do it. Once Force Friday hit back in September. Um, as the countdown to the force awakens grew closer and everybody was just so excited. It, I'm, I'm not exact. I mean, I know people are like, Oh, so busy. Honestly, it was nonstop from force Friday all the way through the end of the year. The, Oh my gosh, the requests and the questions and people from all over the world and wanting quote interviews and tours. And it was one of the most challenging few months career work-wise for me ever i think that holds true for just about anybody who's ever dabbled in in star wars professionally i don't know i mean um i don't want to speak for amy but for me like pretty much every publication i'd ever written for came out of the woodwork to to get me to write star wars stuff and then all of the other star wars stuff i was doing normally and and Mm -hmm. insider seemed to pick up and star wars.com and then i like how stuff works was like hey we need you to write star wars stuff too and i I don't know amy (laughs) amy i'm sure you were just as busy for those few months too like it was it was crazy not not really not any more than normal as far as star wars on mine it was mostly like i had a few outlets like maybe like five or six places reach out about doing interviews um around the force awakens or like you know various things but it amy you went on a star wars cruise well (laughs) not it wasn't a star wars cruise they just had a new millennium falcon open on the ship i only differentiate because the star wars cruises with disney just started this week so it was a little busier but for a lot of reasons that weren't just star wars if there's a Millennium Falcon on the ship, 
either it's garbage or it's a Star Wars cruise. <laughs> it's a Star Wars cruise. Let's just go with that. Well, the Millennium Falcon cockpit, if we're being technical. And it was pretty awesome. Um, um, I almost went on the Star Wars cruise because Disney just launched them. It's a Star Wars Day at Sea, in case you guys haven't heard of it. And it's a, a seven-day cruise with one day that is all Star Wars. And I almost got to go in it for work. But it ended or it ended a day later than the Star Wars half marathon weekend at Disneyland. And I did the 5K. So it was like, of course, I can't do one Disney Star Wars thing because you have another Disney Star Wars thing scheduled. My life is terrible. I have to make these hard decisions. <laughs> how um, how do you fare on boats, Kinsetta? Could you could you take a boat to London? No, God. <laughs> I just thought about no. the boat across the Atlantic, and I almost cried. Yeah, I no, I knew, knew. I don't like, I don't like the ocean that much. Yeah, nope, nope, nope. If it was, if I could stay along um, a coastline the whole time, like where I could be like, oh, hey, there's land. It's like right there. I could just jump over and there's land. Um, <laughs> and po- then possibly. But, but no, I have an immense profound respect for, my, I mean, especially hearing the stories of my family that came over from Yugoslavia on this, you know, in steerage on the boats to come through Ellis Island. I'm just like, oh. God love you, great grandma, grandpa, Percy and Gran, but I don't know that I could have done it real awful. No, I have some serious phobias. So huh. you're the reason that in the future we'll have hypersleep pods for travel. Yes. Or you could just like if I could if my mutant power would develop and I could fly on my own, I would totally do that. I'm not afraid of flying. I'm afraid of airplanes. I think I I would just like to make that distinction. Like so, I, space shuttles would be okay. Oh, <sighs> yeah. No, no. I'm going to have to just. You're just going to have to completely if, render me unconscious. What about the Millennium Falcon? I would get on the Millennium Falcon in a heartbeat. I would. I will say that. Even though that seems like the least reliable ship in the galaxy. Yep. If Han Solo's flying it or Ray's flying it, you're good. Um, yep. Yep. Actually, it wouldn't really matter who was flying it. <laughs> There's my logic. Yeah. If it's the Millennium Falcon, because that was, I would sit outside in the summer of 78, especially um, out on our little steps in our house in rural Southern Indiana and stare up into the sky and all the beautiful stars and would just like hope and wish and watch for a shooting star or, or, or think you know, pretend that the Millennium Falcon was going to fly down and Han Solo and Chewbacca were going to pick me up, take me for a ride. So, yeah, I would, t- I would, uh, I would get on the Millennium Falcon. Well, now I know what what uh, ship designers and airplane designers need to get on top of in order to make sure that you're at all of the cool Star Wars events. I would like to <laughs> hang out with you at Concetta. <laughs> yes, that would, that, yeah. Let's see. I'll make, we'll make some calls. We'll see what we can do about that. Nothing is impossible. That's true. Nothing. <laughs> oh, man. I Somebody seriously needs to get on, on top of that. But how are things? Uh, you're also working for Anovos, yes? Yes. Um, and, and they're doing yeah. all kinds of cool Star Wars stuff. What sort of Star Wars stuff are they up to? Well, there's some things that 
can't talk about. What cool Star Wars stuff are they up to that you can talk, <laughs> can talk about? about. Um, well, actually, Star, StarWars.com just released on, on Friday evening kind of a first look at, it, although we, it's the pre-order for the Captain Phasma helmet is now available, as well as the life-size uh, first order stormtrooper statue that many people that you can actually see worldwide in a lot of the uh, of theaters and um, let's see the airport in Taiwan and there's like these amazing Star Wars displays for the Force Awakens and you you've got the yeah the first order stormtrooper statue our first order um, stormtrooper standard line helmet. Uh, was pre-ordered and released, and I know that Amy got one because you look awesome. I saw your picture. I love it. It's uh, in my new place. It's going to go near my bed somewhere so I can just look up and see its beautiful shininess. <laughs> um, yeah, and the the original trilogy, um, TK, the, the Stormtrooper kits, just started shipping, so people have been sharing pictures of that. So it, it's the kit if you wanted to build it yourself, but it comes with the completed helmet. Um there are a lot of the original trilogy costumes that are still available for pre-order. A lot of things have been in production and a lot of things are going to start going out. And I cannot wait until people actually get it in hand and, and see the quality. Cause I, there is, you know, there's a long time to wait because they do like a tier system where you pre-order and then the research, um, the prototyping, the development, the production, and everything, you know, you go through that whole process, which is fascinating to learn about, by the way. It's just the the amount of detail and research that goes into providing this quality and level of a cost, you know, of what that you have access to the archives and what was screen used and that you can buy that now. <laughs> so that you have the option to do that. I've got two questions about this. One, do you see them? And you don't have to answer if you can't, because if you know or don't know or don't want to say, but do you see them getting into more uh, prequel era costumes and helmets and stuff too? Um, there's lots of cool clones, yeah. obviously. and but But I'm thinking stuff like the stuff they do really well, like they could knock a Nebu fighter pilot out of the park. Ooh, you know. Oh, that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I'm, I'm writing that down. I will. I or, will or even that. like Padme's pilot costume from Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amy would buy would one buy of those. That. On, yeah, I want a a Bush a Bausch Bush costume desperately, or the helmet right. at least. I yeah we yeah there's I can tell you I mean. Everything that's currently available for pre-order or shipping is on the website, anovos.com. And you can also subscribe to the newsletter because via newsletters where the the announcements are made, you'll hear it first about new product releases. And you can actually like get specific with your newsletter that you, it's like, I want to make sure I just hear about the Star Wars items or the Force Awakens or whatever is coming. Um, and, and that's how it's announced because there are, I can say there's some amazing things in the works, um, but unfortunately things that I am not at liberty to discuss yet, but um, it's there. It's really, really a great group of people that with passion and love for what they do and that understanding of, you know, 
God, when we were all little, if we could have left the the movie theater after seeing Star Wars and then gone and bought Stormtrooper armor, no, it, I, it's like it's I, like being able to buy the action figure and putting it on and, and just doing it. And now those options are available for people. And and then my other question is: Have have you brokered a peace between Inovos and Rancho Obi Wan so they just send shipments of stuff to Steve? I'm not at liberty to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there's again like the the connections and who you, people that you hear from because of the interest in Star Wars, whether it's you know for Rancho or uh, Novos or anything, it's there are just people from all over the world that have these ideas and want to do things and want to work with you, and it's really quite fascinating. What's different with Anobos is them actually being a licensee. The learning that side of it and what's involved with that is really quite interesting. But it's also a lot more stringent, um, which is, you know, so like I, we can do a lot more on the Rancho Obi-Wan side promotionally and publicity wise than we can on the other end of it because of a pretty strict uh, things involved with the licenses, but totally unsustainable that all is presented and what goes into it. There's a great deal of thought. It's enjoyed learning that an element to it. So, um, you just can't really talk about all that stuff. Damn I wish I wish you could talk about all of it. So it looks like we're like out of time and I wanted to talk for like another four hours. Um, and usually Mike's the one who wraps up the show, <laughs> so I'm terrible at this. Uh, so why don't both of you explain where everyone can find you online? And Consetta, I want to say before we go, though, um, it's really grad. Gl- I, I, it's really great to hear you again. Um, you still have an open invitation to come on and talk with us whenever you'd like and uh we miss you dearly and uh i i look forward to having you on more um at some point i want you to to be on more and uh it's been great and i can't believe that this little thing started three years ago and it's ballooned out of control um but it's been it's been fun it's been amazing and thank you like which I've yeah again gone from every every emotional you know every emotion in the last hour but my face hurts from smiling and I haven't been able to say that in a while and that means so much to me you guys and I thank you thank you so much no thank you so um Amy, Amy, quickly, where, where can people find you? Where should they definitely need to find you? People can find me on Twitter at Amy underscore geek, at StarWars.com, at Nerdist.com, and Star Wars Insider Magazine. And I'm also co-hosting a new Star Wars monthly podcast. I'm not leaving Felicity, don't worry. Um, or stop cheering if you were excited for a second. No one was excited <laughs> for you to leave. They might have a few ne'er do wells might have been excited to hear Bobby leave, but I'm not one of them, and Me no either. one no one would be excited for you to leave. 
I don't know. But anyway, you can listen to that new podcast. It's called uh, Lattes with Leia. It's part of the Coffee with Kenobi family. And the first episode comes out on January 29th, and it's all about Ray. And then, Concetta, where can people find you uh, um, in all of your various amazing things that you do? <laughs> um, let's see. On Twitter, I'm at Parker Publicist. And you can also go to parkerpublicity.com, ranchaobiwan.com, anovos.com. Um, but I, I, yeah, I usually try and share a little bit of everything um, from everybody on Twitter at, at Parker Publicist. And lots of pictures of Squirrel Village on my Instagram, which is Pika Parker. Um, well, and, and people can find me at Swankmotron on Twitter. And you can check out my books at brianyoungfiction.com. And my stuff is on Star Wars Insider. In Star Wars Insider, I know the newest Star Wars Insider that just came out has a whole spread on the uh, the Force Awakens press conference from Amy, and the first of my uh, two parter on the Star Wars audio dramas, where I interviewed John Madden, who's one of my favorite directors. He directed Shakespeare in Love, and uh, also all the audio dramas, which was crazy, and I got to talk to him, and then the producer. And uh, so people should check that out. And um, you can listen to back episodes of Full of Sith at fullofsith.com. You can check us out on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever else you get podcasts. Uh, Please leave us a review in these places. That would be uh, awesome of you. And so for Amy Radcliffe, Concetta Parker, uh, the Mike Pilot who couldn't be here, uh, for our third anniversary special show I am Brian Young and the force will be with you always If you'll not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.